the book of Philippians, chapter number one, and uh, I'd like to uh, I'd like to read down through about verse number six, if you will. Really, the whole book of Philippians is a wonderful book. Amen. There's a lot of great strengths in here. It talks a lot about unity. It also gives us the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In His humility, but in chapter number one. Amen. The Lord is instructing Paul to encourage the saints. And that's what I want to do tonight. I come to encourage you. Amen. I know sometimes we don't understand what all's happening in our lives. But tonight, perhaps maybe the Lord's going to help you with that. Amen. Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. You there with me? Say amen. All right. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi. With the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making request with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. God is doing a work in you, and he's going to finish it. God is doing a work in your life, and he's going to finish it. Father, thank you tonight, Lord, for your spirit. God, I do sense that you're here, Lord, in a different way, a sweet way, a tender way. And so I ask you, God, tonight to help me, Lord, to follow after your spirit and to preach this message that you've given me. Father, with a direction, Lord, of your Holy Ghost. And I pray, God, the anointing, Lord, will help. For, Lord, we cannot do this without you. And Lord, we must speak, God, boldly, Lord, as the oracles of God. But we do it, Lord, with a desire that you would be manifested in our hearts and lives. I pray, God, for the anointing around these altars tonight, Lord, that you'll give us, oh God, the touch of heaven. That you'll help us, Lord, to experience a real revival down deep in our soul. I ask you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I believe in that name. And you said, if I ask, I'll have. And I believe that too. In Jesus' name, I pray. God's people said with me, amen. God bless you tonight as you're seated in the Lord. Amen. I'd like to draw your attention, amen, to what God's doing in your life. The hand of God upon you. Amen. Some of you feel like, amen, that you're not sure what the Lord's doing. Amen. Maybe there's some things that have happened in your life of late. And you say, well, Lord, where did that come from? Why am I going through this? 
How come this circumstance has taken place? Lord, I've done the best I know to serve you. I've, I, I, I've lived my life the best I know how. And God, still it seems like the adversary just continually fighting against me. God, what are you doing in my life? Well, I want to tell you, church, tonight, there's a little thing that the Lord has helped me to understand, even as we get closer to the coming of the Lord. And that is the light of this scripture that I gave you here that we've read together in uh, in. In chapter 1 and verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work and you will perform it, notice this, amen, until the day of Jesus Christ, amen, God is working for a purpose and that is to get you ready for the coming of the Lord. Everything that God does in your life, every answer, you hear me tonight, every answer to prayer, Every circumstance. Amen. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Because he delighteth in his way. I believe I'm preaching to some folks tonight. And you love the Lord. And your steps are ordered. You're doing your best to follow after the Spirit of God. And walk in the way in which he has given you. Amen. You're walking in the light as he is in the light. Hallelujah. You're walking in the Spirit as much as you can. As much as you're able to keep that old man down and let that spirit man rise up and be he meant what he needs to be for the Lord he meant you're doing the best that you know how to do I'm telling you that every answer to prayer every circumstance every way in which God answers a prayer you know sometimes he don't answer the same way a second time maybe the same circumstance but God likes to be God hallelujah he likes to be sovereign he likes to do he meant in such ways he meant that he's on Amen. That he's recognized that he's the one in control. But I promise you that everything that God is doing is in the light of the coming of the Son of God. And he's preparing his bride. And so every circumstance you're in tonight, every place you're walking, every trouble, every problem, every difficulty, every challenge, the Lord's going to respond and work in your life in the light of his coming. God's trying to get his people ready. Hallelujah. Maybe that'll help you a little bit. This is why the Lord's doing it this way. Because he's talking to me. He's working on me. He's getting me ready. And I got my part. For the testimony in the book of Revelation. At the announcement of the wedding. Hallelujah. Amen. His wife hath made herself ready. Hallelujah. It's not all on him. We got to respond. We got to let God work. Come on, church. We got to let the Lord do what he needs to do in our lives. Amen. No matter where you are, no matter how long you've been saved, no matter how long you've been full of the Holy Ghost, no matter if you're in ministry, amen, or you're just on the pew sitting on go, waiting for God to give you something else. No matter what it is, no matter where you are in your life, tonight I'm telling you, the Lord Jesus Christ could appear on the clouds of glory and those that are ready are going with him. Hallelujah. So I want him to work in my life. I don't want him to be hindered in any way. Amen. Revival is climbing up another rung. And not going back down again. 
Revival is strengthening, not weakening. Revival is growing in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Amen. Our kids are wonderful. We enjoy our children. We enjoy, amen, have fun with them. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected. Sometimes they say some things that just really work. That must have been God. Amen. I, there's wonderful things that our children do and say. But you know what? They can't be children all their life. They got to grow up. They got to face responsibility. They got to take on life. Amen. They got to be able to pray for themselves. Oh, somebody said amen. They need to go to church for themselves. They need to get in the altar for themselves. They need to get it for themselves. They need to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Hallelujah. They got to grow up. You can't leave them there. A baby Christian is a wonderful thing to behold. They're all time testifying of what God's done for them. They're just bubbling over fountains. Hallelujah. Till the rubber hits the road. And the first time they don't have doodads anymore, and they got to pray, and they got to go through some things so that they can be strengthened for the things yet to come. Amen. I don't care how long you've been serving the Lord, God's not done with you. He's still working on me, the children saying. He's still working on me. Can you lift your hand and say, God's still working on me? Amen. Will you allow him? Will you let him? Amen. Will you let him finish his work in you? He's begun a good work in you. I like Paul's word, confident. Amen. Being confident. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians 1 and 15, he said, In this confidence I was minded to come unto you before that you might have the second benefit. Hallelujah. Not know the context of that, but what Paul was trying to do was encourage the Corinthian church. Amen. I know, amen, there's some things going on in the church, and I know there's some things going on, amen, in people's lives. And some of you are allowing it to go on, and some of you are starting to pray and say, wait a minute, we can't have this. Some folks are taking a stand. Amen. But Paul had a confidence in them that if they'd let the Holy Ghost work, that it would be resolved and they would move forward as a church. It's the same way with our life. You see, God does have confidence. Amen. That if you'll do what you're supposed to do, He's already got you growing. Hallelujah. He's already got you moving forward. Amen. God's working in your life. And you need to let Him. Amen. 2 Corinthians 2 and 3 says, And I wrote this same unto you, lest when I came, I should have sorrow for them of whom I ought to rejoice, having confidence in you all that my joy is the joy of you all. Hallelujah. Now, of course, he's talking about the letter he had to write to the church. Set some things in order. Thank God for the book of 1 Corinthians. Helps us understand, amen, the order and the structure of the church. 
and how to deal with those that are unruly in the house of God. But they went so overboard, he meant that they were about to run him off. And what Jesus wants, he meant, is for people to be healed. He wants them to be restored. He meant, I want to tell you something. Judgment belongs to God. It don't belong to us. We are to judge righteous judgment. We're to call sin, sin. Amen. But we're to love the sinner. He meant the Corinthian church, he meant had gotten so lax Amen. They, they were a carnal church. They were full of all kind of lasciviousness. And they were partaking in the Lord's table. And they were feasting and partying and drinking and carrying on. And they didn't know any different because they'd heard all kind of doctrine, including the Stoics that said, you can do whatever you want to in the flesh because the flesh ain't the spirit. And so the spirit will take care of itself. So I don't have to worry about the flesh. But the Bible says that we are to be sanctified body, soul, and spirit. And so Paul had to write a letter to him about this guy that was fornicating in the church. Well, they, they responded to the letter and they just about crushed the life out of him and anybody else, amen, that had any ill light on them because they'd fallen or stumbled or made a mistake. And so Paul had to send him a second letter. He said, I'm glad that you did what I called you to do. He said, but uh, I want you to rejoice with me because having set things in order, amen, God is willing to move forward in everybody's life. The spirit of forgiveness among God's people. Amen. Amen. Don't let it go lame. That word lame means out of joint. But rather, let it be healed. Aren't you glad that God, if, we, if, if he's allowed to work in a life that fails and makes mistakes and screws up. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. If we'll just love on them and take a stand for them and not pet them but call them unto God and hold them up in prayer and trust that God is working in their lives and when God gives us what to do in that work we do it. Otherwise we'll back up and pray and let the Lord have it. Hallelujah. We got to get our hands off a bunch of stuff. You know that? We need to let the Lord work in their lives. No more is this more true than our loved ones. You can't save them anyway. Only Jesus can save them. Can I tell you tonight that he's working with wheels? He's working with wheels. God don't need robots. He wants those that love him. Because they want to love him. And they're living for him because they want to live for him. And they're coming to church because they want to come to church. And you and I get in God's way. And so, oh, help me preach. You and I, we just kind of put our hands on things. And the Lord's hindered and he's working in their lives. Amen. Stay with me now. I'll tell you, God is working. And Paul was confident that as, Lord, as long as God is working, amen, he'll finish what he started. You know God don't build junk. 
He sure don't. He laid a firm foundation for the house of God. He laid a firm foundation, hallelujah, for salvation. No other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Hallelujah. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. I'm telling you, Jesus laid a solid foundation and he builds on that solid foundation and he don't build anything. He meant that's left half done so that it stands there to mock him do you hear me God finishes what he starts I wish somebody take that as a promise tonight God finishes what he starts he'll finish what he started if you and I let him if we'll get on his side and not fight against him or get in the way the Lord will finish what he started and there's confidence there Galatians 5 Amen. I, I want let me let me just read a little bit out of Galatians. Galatians chapter five and verse number ten says, "Amen." It says, "I have confidence in you." Let me back up verse number seven. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you. Through the Lord, that ye will be none otherwise minded. Here, talking about the mind. But he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment of whosoever he be. Amen. God will deal with that one's in the way. Because he's after the finished product. He's after a finished work that will glorify him. Hallelujah. Some of you, your lives were such a wreck when God saved you. And I'm one of them. Hallelujah. Woo! I'm glad that God did what he, he turned me around. Praise God. I'm not the same. I, you couldn't recognize me. Amen. To this day, as a pastor, I tell people, amen, I preach sometimes things in my past come out in the preaching. Amen. Not to glory in the devil. Not to glory in myself. But just to testify of the power of God to change a life. Hallelujah. And folks, look at me and they say you used to do that if y'all was to be able to tell me tonight the place you came from amen amen I'd be I'd, I'd, my jaw would drop up and I'd say huh I can't believe that Amen. I done seen God move on your heart. I done seen you worship tears falling down your face. I done seen God use you to go play hands on somebody and pray. And God touch them. Glory to God. I'm telling you, the Lord does marvelous things when he's allowed to work in our life. He can change. Hallelujah. Can a leopard change their spots? No. But God can change anybody. Hallelujah. Somebody say, well, he can't change me. You watch. Amen. Don't say never to God. Amen. And so, amen. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 4 says, And we have confidence in the Lord touching you that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. Wow. Apostle Paul established a church at Thessalonica. Amen. They went through some severe persecution and then somebody come and started preaching that those that died are going to miss the rapture. 
So Paul had to give us those wonderful words, amen, amen, that we shall not prevent them when we're asleep. Glory to God. For the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain. I'm glad, amen, I'm going to catch my mama's heel. Hallelujah on the way up. Woo, glory to God, sister. Do you know that my mama was a sinful woman? Amen. But at 73 years old, God saved her. It's not too late. It's never too late with God. She lived a wicked life. Amen. Seeds were sown in her heart as a child, sitting on a Pentecostal pew in a holiness church. But when high school came, she was gone. And she lived her life outside of God. And we were born. I was born up. And I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. So I didn't bond with my mama. I had family and others raised me. Amen. I got some folks over there now that are as close to me as my mama ever was but you know what when God saved me she kicked me off her porch don't come back called to preach oh my five years I didn't see her until John was born she came to the hospital for about 30 minutes held him didn't say a lot. But all that time we were praying. Because God had given me a promise. I'm telling you God can change anybody. He can change anybody. Don't you get discouraged. About that loved one. That keeps getting harder. Every time you reach to him. And turns a deaf ear every time you weep. And you reach to him. And pulls the shoulder. Amen. Like Zechariah said when God came to talk to him. And ask him to keep his commandments. Amen. And he just pulled the shoulder. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. We got loved ones like that tonight. I believe if you look you'll find there's some folks in your life. They're just like that. But if you'll trust God. If you believe the Lord. God don't make junk. And when he starts something he'll finish it. Hallelujah. And I believe that God will save them. I believe that God will save us. And get us to where we need to be. Amen. Having confidence in thy obedience down further in well in Philemon. Amen. Having confidence in thy obedience I wrote unto thee knowing that thou would also do more than I say. Wow. Would you like for the Lord to bear witness in your heart? You know what? I, if I ask him to go a mile, I think I know he'll go too. There's some folks here tonight like that. Your heart's fixed on the Lord. You'd do anything God asks you to do. I mean, you'd go around the world. You'd, you'd, you'd leave houses and lands and father and mother. And you'd go if the Lord called you. If he told you to go, Brother David, would you go to China in a heartbeat? Amen. Would you take your family if God said? But if he said no, then you'd go. And somehow he'd make them there, I promise you, because he ain't in the business of dividing homes. You see, you and I have got to be a... A willing heart for him to work. And I just feel like. I mean I, all day long I've prayed and sought the Lord about this. And I really feel like God wants some folks to understand. That he is working in your life. 
and 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 I only believe that that work is beginning to increase and it will get more fervent as we get there. Hear me tonight. You don't know when the Lord's coming. I don't know when the Lord's coming. Amen. This foolishness of this preaching about the 23rd and all that. Now he's moved it up to the 15th. Jesus done told him three times. Three places in the Bible. Same discourse on the Mount of Olivet. He said it in order what it would be like. There ain't no sign for the rapture. Did you know that? There's not one single sign in that Bible for the rapture of the church. Paul preached it. And Peter preached it. And John preached it. And Timothy preached it. And every other brother, amen, that got a hold of God and got the Holy Ghost, amen, preached that Christ could come at any moment. So there ain't a sign for you and I to look for. Amen. And I hate to think that God, amen, would have to do all that he's got to do in my life to get me ready. Whenever time he calls me to the altar, I say, I don't feel like it tonight, Lord. And I'm not shouting and they're not singing 90 to nothing. And so it, it ain't nothing down there for me. If it don't taste like candy, I don't want it. And on your refrigerator at home is a calendar. On your wall somewhere. Amen. In this school. On your phone. There's a calendar. And on that calendar is a day that only the Lord knows. And there's only so many opportunities between tonight and that day for God to do everything he needs to do in your life to get you ready for heaven. And every opportunity, there's only so many number of them between now and that day. Now, I don't know what that number is, and you don't either. It might be this last one. And you put behind that also the fact that you don't know what tomorrow holds for you. You could get in your car and go home tonight and get head plowed, amen, and go into eternity. And wherever the tree falls, there it lay, church. Amen, I'm telling you, God's only got so many opportunities. No man can come to the Father except he be drawn. God's got to draw you. God's got to work in your heart. And the Lord's got to do it. You can't do it on your own. You can't add one cubit to your stature. You can't change one thing about yourself. You can try to turn over a new leaf. But when the wind blows, it'll flop right back over again. And what are you going to do when both sides are dirty? And if this is the last opportunity, God's got a lot of work to do. And if we pull the shoulder, this revival is an opportunity for God to do a lasting work in your life. Now, can I just be practical with you tonight? He's doing a good work. I said God's doing a good work. Amen. God is working. Amen. All things work together for good. Only good gifts come down from the Father of lights. 
Hallelujah. It's God's doing good in your life. Amen. Don't you think for a moment that the Lord's a beating on you. Don't you think for a moment that God, amen, is putting you through some mill. Amen. That he's put you through some grinder. Amen. That he's taking you. Amen. And mincing you up and beating on you. Amen. He wouldn't do that no more than he would send his bride through the tribulations that are coming on this world. He's not going to drag her through the mud and then present his son a bride that's all beaten and swollen no she's glorious she's beautiful and she's without spot and without wrinkle and she is holy why because the work of the word and the spirit and the blood has sanctified body soul and spirit and that's a work that God's got to do and you can't do it so the Lord Why say ye, Lord, to me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? For the Lord doth call through many closed doors, crying open unto me, and I will come in and sup with thee, and thou with me. I ask you, Lord, tonight to help me preach. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which have great recompense of award. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on what God's doing in your life. Somebody asked me about that spirit of the Jebusites last night. Amen, that, that, that spirit that, that, that just kind of raises up its head and says, this thing in your life ain't going. You can do all you want to, but I ain't budging. You're just going to have to live with me. He said, whatever that thing is in your life, whatever that hang-up is, whatever that secret sin is, whatever that pet thing is, amen, whatever that binding that, amen, has you bound, amen, you can still wiggle around, amen, you can still go to church, amen, you might get a hand up, amen, once in a while or say an amen, but it's through a gag, amen, I'm telling you, the Lord, amen, is the victory that we need, but we got to let him work we got to let him do what he's got to do and every time he draws you and calls you it ain't just to pour honey on you but sometimes he's got to dig you out sometimes he's got to get you to pray and break until there's nothing left but a sweet aroma hallelujah of a broken vessel for God it was the fragrance of her profession that she broke and poured out. My ultimate sacrifice, I ain't looking back. I'm done with this. Oh, why didn't we take this costly perfume and sell it and give it to the poor? Oh, so many people don't understand what God's doing in your life. But you do. Every time you come to this altar and bow your heart before God, you know what God's doing. 
He's working for good in your life. He's working to help you. He's trying to get you to that place. Amen. Will you be ready? Listen. Amen. In Philippians 2 and 13 it says, For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Job 23. I'm going to read some scripture now. Amen. Job chapter 23. Amen. I love Job and I want to I caution you. I got to do this everywhere I go because I studied Job extensively. And I come to the conclusion, and it's not real hard to do so, that you got to be careful, amen, in how you quote Job and how you quote all of them others that helped him, them three so-called friends, them comforters, amen. They said some things, amen. If you pull them out of context like they did, then they sound pretty good. But they're man's reasoning. But when you hear Job, Job is speaking for the Lord. How do I know that? Because in the end, God said to those three so-called friends, You've not spoken right like my servant Job has. So be careful about the book of Job. But in Job 23, amen, Job is speaking. Then answered Job and said, Even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. Boy, he's getting pretty bold, isn't he? I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Will he plead against me with his power, with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. I'm going to read that verse again. Some of you feel like God's running you through the ringer. And you don't understand why. Listen. Listen to Job. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, that's not it. He's not just exercising his authority and his power over me because he can. But he would put strength in me. There the righteous might dispute with him. So shall I be delivered forever from my judge. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Listen, I want to give somebody a little bit of voice to their own integrity tonight. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept. And not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. But he is in one mind. And who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me. 
and many such things are with him. Therefore am I troubled at his presence. When I consider, I am afraid of him. For God maketh my heart soft, and the Almighty troubleth me. And verse 17 says, Because I was not cut off before the darkness, neither hath he covered the darkness from my face. I did not perish. For some reason, God's keeping me. And it's not just because I can say he's my child, but he's working in me. Many such things are with him. He's doing a work in you that's greater than you can comprehend. You don't know when he's coming, and I don't know when he's coming. But there's somebody that God needs, amen, to speak for him in a desperate hour. And it might be that your voice is the only voice they'll listen to. And he's got to get you to the place where he can anoint you and use you. You're not a robot. Amen. You're not just an old cup. Amen. That he reaches over in the cupboard and picks up when he's ready to use it. And he just leaves you there until, no, you walk with him every day. And God wants to use you every day. And there are great things in store for some of you. I'm telling you right now, God's got some mighty men in this church. God's got some valiant people in this church. And he's working in your life. Now you say, well, Brother Gans, those are high and lofty words. And anybody can come in here and say them. But I'm speaking for the Lord. You are a chosen vessel of God. And the Lord is working in your life. And you got to let him. Or the work won't get finished in time. Are you hearing me? There won't be anything to be presented to his son less than it's perfect. Hallelujah. That word perfection is found all through the working of God in our lives. And so in Job 23, Job says, you know what? I don't understand what's happening to me. I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going to. And when I reach to God to ask him why, he just kind of slips back out of the way. And I look on the left hand and I see him working in my life. But I, I go to talk to him about it and he's just gone. And then I look behind me and there's no sense looking behind me. Because you're not going to find God behind you. You hear me? He ought to be out front. If you're running ahead of God and if you're trying to do it on your own, then you've run off and left him. Amen. Because he's got a set of ordered footsteps and he wants you to walk with him. Amen. And he's not going to change his course. I'm telling you here tonight, so many people think that they got God on their side. You better turn that coin around. You need to be on the Lord's side because he's going somewhere and he's doing something in your life and you need to walk with him. Last time I checked, he's in control. Last time I checked, he's Lord. And he better be Lord of all. Or he's not Lord at all. So we've got to let God work in our lives. And I ask you also to be patient with those that God's working on. So that the Lord, amen, can work and use you to help them. 
Hallelujah. Mama, if you want to see that child get saved, amen, then you need to work with God. Amen. I, I, I know. Amen. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I got to get out of here with this. Amen. So, so many, I, I know. I've not been there. I got two older boys, and both of them were headed to be shipwrecked. We were at a weak time in our family. Amen. The, the church was attacked, and the church was divided up. And oh, the devil just had a heyday in the midst of it. Amen. And we tried to stand firm. And we were in the school and we were holding it together. And we were doing our best for the sake of the families in the church. And right underneath my nose the devil come and got to beating on my son. And after a while he stood up against me. Never happened before. I'm telling you. I mean I just kind of was going with the flow with what God was doing in my family. And everybody said oh you got good boys. But they came at a price. There came a time when a few men of God got on their prayer bones and worked with me. And one man of God in particular walked up to me and said, if you don't take your hands off that boy, you're going to lose him. Spoken right out of the mouth of God. I went to that altar in the middle of the night and I wept and cried and bawled and got saved again. And two weeks later, he called me on the phone. Said, Daddy, I was wrong. And you were right. And I thank God you prayed and stood by me. I went through it with the second oldest too. Different circumstance, same thing. Amen. Listen to me. We have got to learn to let God work. Is that all right? And so the Lord, amen, has got a plan and a purpose. And we may not understand it. We may not know exactly how things are going to pan out. Amen, whether it be sickness. You see, over in Job 33, one of his friends comes along with that flesh attitude. And he says, oh, God's working all right. Amen, he's doing often. He's putting dreams in their head. And, 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 and he's causing sickness in their body. And he's doing all kinds of things to hold back their purpose. To bring Bring them back from the precipice. Well, that all works fine because that's generally what people do in judgment. As they say, it must be God's mad at them and he's doing them wrong. I'm telling you, that ain't the Lord. The Lord is a refuge. The Lord is a rescue. The Lord is a deliverer. My Jesus is the King of kings, but he bowed down low and gave himself for you and I. He's a rescue. He did not come to judge, he came to save. There is one that judgeth at the last day, even my word. But Jesus came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give himself a ransom for many. We got to get this idea in our head, trying to figure out what God's doing using our head. And not listening to our heart and what the Spirit of God is saying to us in the Word of God. Let God work. And if you, a man can be a vessel that he can use, he'll use you. But if not, he ain't even going to tell you what he's doing. 
As a matter of fact, he won't even let you see it. Amen. There was times in my life I didn't see anything. God wouldn't let me see anything in my mama's life. But all of a sudden, I got a call one day, and it just happened to be the only one, the only one that I could ever believe and trust and know that mama genuinely got saved. And little old free will Baptist church, she walked the aisle because the old hymns, because she couldn't sit there any longer. And he called me to tell me your mama got saved. I had no idea she was that close. Because I was in the way. I tried to preach to her all the time. I love y'all. But I'm telling you the truth. God's working in their lives. Won't you let God work? Hallelujah. I got to hurry on. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Amen. The book of Hebrews, chapter 12. And you know these verses. I mean, I got to read a few more and I got, we got to come pray. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 12. Amen. These are familiar verses to us. And it may, it may be in the light of this uh, that the Lord's trying to talk to us tonight about. Amen. Maybe you'll receive this. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him Endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand on the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Hallelujah. I'd like to put a face and a name on that quote-unquote God that's working in your life. I'm here to tell you tonight that it's your Savior that's working in your life. That it is Jesus Christ himself who's got his hand on your head. Hallelujah. In the middle of your back. Amen. Holding your feet from running away. Amen. He's the one that's working in your life. I said it's Jesus. Listen to me church. You're going to hear me preach it a lot. Amen. Jesus Christ is being separated out from the things that God amen needs to be gloried in in the house of God. And Jesus needs to be exalted for he is the preeminent one. And it's not just a feeling. And it's not just an intuition or I hope so or I think this is what God's doing or that it's Jesus working it's Jesus it's Jesus say his name with me say it again get a hold of it tonight it's Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith he's the one that's doing the work Angels are at his bidding. But he don't need a one of them. Because he sent the Spirit. The Holy Ghost. And Christ you heard. Is wrapped in the Holy Ghost. He's in the midst of the move of God. Or it ain't God. Jesus. The same one that saved you. The same one that delivered you. 
The same one that brought you out of the muck and the mire. The same one that heard your cry and reached down and took your hand and reached up and took the Father's hand and put your hand in the Father's hand. Woo! Hallelujah. He's my intercessor. When I pray, I come in his name. Oh, when I call upon his name, the angels stand at attention. When I'm obedient, amen, to him, then I'm called an heir. Amen. I'm an heir to the throne of God and all the blessings that are there because Christ sits at the right hand and I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So many words, so many promises in that Bible that are connected with the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one working in your life. It's not just God. Lest we forget who, not what, who it was that saved us. And who it was who came to bleed and die for us. And who it is that's coming for us again. And who it is that we'll hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of thy Lord. Ha, ah, it's him. It's him, church. Can I say a few things about my Jesus? Can I say just a few things about the one that's working in my life? Where are you going with this preacher? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. This is where I'm going. He meant just like I told you. He meant the other day. Saturday, I think it was. He meant so many people. He meant the Lord is knocking on a closed door. And they hear his voice through a closed door. But that don't work. They try to pray to him through a closed door. He meant but what he wants is an open door. Matter of fact, he wants you to take the door off the hinge. And make it a doorway. Where he has access to your life. Where he can come and go. He can sit down and fellowship with you in times when you're in need. Hallelujah. But the reason why people won't open that door, number one reason, they have a misconception of who it is on the other side of the door. And there's a lot of people in churches today, and Pentecost, especially now, because of the promotion of the manifestations more than the giver. Think you know where I'm at here right now. The Lord Jesus is exalted. He is the one that's high and lifted up. Listen, I believe in the Holy Ghost. But Jesus said of himself, Amen, that the Holy Ghost will never speak of himself. But he'll always take what that which I give him. And that's what he'll say. He'll take of mine and he shall show it unto you. Amen. Amen. I worship God. I worship God three in one. Hallelujah. I don't fully understand the Trinity, but I got enough, I got enough scripture to know, amen, that it ain't a Jesus only. But I'll tell you this right now. Amen. Amen. Where else can I go? Where else can I go? 
He meant, can I just go to a nameless, faceless God? Can I just call on God? He meant, can I just go? He meant, you know how close that is to an idol? I remember your former pastor. He meant, you're that blessed man of God preaching about the image of God. And I remember the false images. He meant, including that old long-haired, effeminate thing that's hanging on people's walls. That ain't my Jesus. He was a man's man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to say it again. He was a man's man. Hallelujah. His voice was rough from preaching in the open air. His hands were rough from a lifetime, 33 years of working in a carpenter's shop, toting his own lumber, going out and felling his own trees. Hallelujah. Beating out his own nails. Come on, church. Don't think of any other thing other than who it is that's coming. He's not in a simple robe and dusty sandals anymore with a feminine looking sweet eyes like everybody tries to make him to be. But he is the Lord of glory. He is the King of kings. He is the blessed and only potentate. Oh, hallelujah. He's the captain of the host. Glory to God. Who is he? Who is this one that is working in my life? The Lord gave this to me several years ago. I carry it in my notes. Who is he? He's the I am. He's the glory of God. He's the express image of his person. He's the faithful witness. He's the everlasting father. Amen. He's the good and great shepherd that leads me through the valley even right now. Who is he? He's the thirsty one who drank your cup so that you could taste the river of life. He's the word made flesh that feeds your hungry soul. He's the bridegroom that you're betrothed to He's the author and the finisher and the robe of righteousness before a holy God. That's who he is. I'm covered in him. Amen. Who is he? He's the hearer of your cry. He's the champion of your victory. He's the healer of your innermost heart. He's the kindness that you've longed for. The understanding that you've sought after and the peace that you've desired for so long. Who is he? He's the only way to heaven. He's the truth that you must accept. He's the life of God eternal that'll raise you up one day. And he is the answer to your need right now. Who is he? He's the keeper of your soul. He's a sustainer of your determination. He's the strength that renews your desire. Hallelujah. He's your revival. He's the friend that you wish could stay near just a little longer when he comes. Who is he? He's the baptizer with fire. Everybody wants the Holy Ghost. They want tongues. But they don't want the fire. But John saw him. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God 
Hallelujah. That taketh away the sins of the world. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. I'm not worthy to unloose his shoes. Oh, hallelujah. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He's the reviver of your lost love. He's the restorer of lost time. And the Lord of the harvest that rejoices with you in your fruitfulness. Hallelujah. Who is he? He's the one that came to you first. He's the brother that promised to stick by you and did. He's the king that's coming for you at any moment. And the light that will flood your soul with his glory for eternity in heaven. Who is he? He's your kinsman redeemer. He's your beloved husband. He is love. And his name is Jesus. He is the one that's working in your life. So where else should I go? In sickness, he's my healer. In loneliness, he's my friend with his abiding presence. When I'm confused, he's my guide and he always gives me the truth. When I'm uncertain, he's my assurance because he's my rock. When I'm wounded and hurting, he's the balm of Gilead. And when I'm in peril, he is my savior. He's the strong right arm of God. Hallelujah. When I'm weak, he's your strength through grace. Hallelujah. When you're hungry, he satisfies with fatness. When you're weary, he gives you rest because he's the burden bearer. When you're tossed and battered, he's your peace because he's in control. When you're guilty, he's your advocate and he becomes your hope. When you're embattled, he's your victory because he is the champion. When you're happy, he's your song. And when you're joyful, he's your dance. And when you're humbled, he's the mighty God. And when you're in love with him, then he'll be your bridegroom. Jesus is the one that's working. So what do I need to do? I'm going to close with this. So many other verses in the Bible that help us understand what we must do to let him work in our lives. But I like Romans chapter 12. Because Romans chapter 12 helps us in the area that I've referred to a couple of times now. Amen. In Romans chapter 12. And you know these verses. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God. Which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed. By the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The working of his will in your life. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly. According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. The mind is going to have to be renewed. 
our thinking's going to have to be changed. Some of us look at the tornadoes in the south and the hurricanes and the earthquakes and they say, must be God judging. You're wrong. Jesus told us what they were. They are the beginning of sorrows. They are birth pains caused by sin in the world. The land, Jeremiah said, mourns because of the adultery. The spiritual adultery, the worship of idols, and the shedding of innocent blood. But God doesn't kill people. There will come a time when he will judge this earth. But right now, amen, he's allowing these things to be a work in people's hearts to turn toward Christ. Why did this happen in Vegas? Sin. Sin. And because sin abounds, what? Look what's happening to our world. Sin is abounding and people are giving up. But right in the midst of that, God's got a people who the Lord is working. And we have the answer. And we've got to give it to them. We've got to let them know. Amen. You can't go around telling people that God is judging the world. Because he's not. Now I know. I just lost some of you. I felt to push back. You need to read your Bible. We need a renewing of our mind. In the working of God. And I promise you that if we can get that adjusted. Is that big of a deal. To talking to the lost. And trying to tell them. Trying to scare them out of their wits. I'm telling you they're, given, they're, be, they're being given a wrong Jesus. We need to portray a Christ. Who's ready to receive them. And wash them. And forgive them. And save their souls. We need to reach to them in love. We don't not just love everybody even in the church, but we need to love the lost because true holiness loves lost people and true Pentecost has a power of God to intercede for the lost. And what's God doing in this world to work in our lives to make us an effective witness? That's why we got the Holy Ghost. It ain't to shout. That's just the blessing. Hallelujah. Renewing of our mind and the working of God in our lives and in our church. God needs to renew our minds in Bethel Holiness Church so we can move forward. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah to God. Father, I thank you tonight for the word and I thank you, Lord, for the people's attentiveness. Lord, I thank you for their willingness to allow me to preach. And I thank you, Lord. I, Lord, I don't suppose or gain any benefit from their attention. But such that your word would penetrate our hearts, God, tonight, this preacher included. And that you would be allowed to work in our hearts. Father, I pray tonight those here that don't understand what they're going through. They don't understand why the test when we try to do our best. But we'll understand it better by and by. But Lord, 
I pray that you'll help them to get to that place in the renewing of their mind where you'd be willing to show them what you're doing. To reveal to them, Lord. There's times, God, when you've opened back the curtain and allowed us to see your working in our loved ones. You've allowed us to see what you're doing down the road, God, in preparations. And I thank you for that, Lord. God, you need a people that you can trust. For you won't do anything in this world without it. You first reveal it unto your prophets. And God, our church, Lord, right now is in a good place to be a light and a beacon set on a hill, a city that cannot be hid. A lamp in a very, 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 very dark world. Oh, God, help us to see your working in our lives. Help us to honor and allow you by presenting ourselves to you and allowing you to do whatever you need to do. God, on this next night of revival, I pray that hearts will come to this altar and they will relinquish the will and control of their lives into your hands and allow you to do everything you want to do in this meeting. Everything. I ask you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hearts are hungry, and folks are weary, and Lord, some are faint. But you care about the sheep, and you want them strengthened. And we pray that you'll work mightily in our midst now. In Jesus' name, I ask it. Sister Gans. Would you play that chorus? A vessel of honor. Now, I don't know if you noticed or not, church, but uh, we don't have very many 90 to nothing songs. And I'm not being facetious there. But we need to spend some quality time letting God dig us out. We'll shout after a while. We'll have revival. But let's get a good foundation. Let's get some things under the blood tonight. Some of you are holding back. You're hoping the Holy Ghost won't bring it out. You're hoping that you can just slip on by with it and go on and no one will notice. But the Lord's calling his people to get ready for his coming. He's calling for his church to come clean. And judgment must begin at the house of God. And his judgment is not as harsh as you think it is. There's a difference between judgment and chastening. He chastens them that he loves. If God's working in your heart and you know he is, why don't you come on and let him have free will? Why don't you come and build an altar right now?